On the news line with us now, State Senator John Gordner, the Republican Majority Whip in Harrisburg, 27th District, State Senator. Uh, thank you so much for calling in this morning. We always appreciate these updates. Uh, good morning, Mark and Joe. Good morning, sir. I do appreciate that. Uh, we are currently enjoying the governor's emergency declaration. It was not rescinded by uh, what some Republicans call the liberal state Supreme Court. Maybe that can be shown empirically. Maybe it's not, the liberal's not even an opinion. So uh, what's your view on uh, what is next for Pennsylvania? Well, we're certainly exploring those now. We were incredibly disappointed with the Supreme Court's action, uh, very split vote. Uh, there was, out of the seven uh, Supreme Court justices, there were four uh, writing uh, with the majority opinion. There were two in the dissenting, and then Judge Doherty um, had a mixed opinion. He would have actually thrown out the whole statute uh, if you read through his opinion. So uh, it wasn't a decisive uh, decision, but one that I don't think makes sense in regard to the law. I mean, I don't believe that a previous General Assembly would have written into a statute that a governor can declare an emergency declaration, uh, but that the uh, House and Senate, uh, by a majority vote, uh, could terminate it uh, if they meant anything other than that. Uh, If the General Assembly would have meant that they could terminate it, but that the governor could veto it, uh, it, it just doesn't make sense. So... We're certainly looking at other uh, options. Uh, frankly, uh, we may have to head to federal court because uh, time after time after time after time, uh, this isn't the first or second or fourth or fifth case uh, that the Supreme Court has had its hand in uh, in the last four months, but they have uh, continuously decided for the governor. Well, the governor has not indicated any desire to work with the state house and senate on this. I mean, it seems to me that whether you like his actions or dislike them, he has been a strong leader in terms of d- trying to achieve what he wants. Do you see any chance for compromise with him? I mean, even though since it was a close split decision, you think that might make him more amenable to sitting down and talking to you about it? Uh, it's hard to tell. Uh, it's been incredibly frustrating, and I think again, if if there would have been uh, weekly attempts. Uh, to understand where he was going and have him listen to what our leadership has been saying. Uh, We'd be in a different place right now, but it's been uh, unilateral decision after unilateral decision after unilateral decision. And he has all but implied that he thinks until uh, a vaccine is in place that he's just going to continue with emergency uh, declaration after emergency declaration. They, They last for 90 days and uh, he can keep extending them. I, I might remind you, uh, we are in year three of emergency declarations in regard to the heroin and opioid uh, matter because he has uh, declared, uh, what, uh, nine of them in a row? Uh, so nothing's going to stop him from continuing to, to do it. But, yeah, I think all of us, at least on our side, and, and look, that concurrent resolution that passed, Uh, House Resolution 836 passed with bipartisan support in the House and the Senate. Actually, in both bodies, there was over 60% of the House members and over 60% of the Senate members. Uh, So uh, there's at least some Democrats that uh, are frustrated as well. Is there a... We hear that U.S. Attorney General William Barr is also examining this case. What's his role? Uh, I don't know. I am not aware of that. 
uh, Jake Corman talked about it over the weekend, saying at least it has his attention. Beyond that, I, I can't quite answer that question beyond there. So what are we doing, John? Are we just going to keep bumping along here in this green phase with the current restrictions never being changed, never being lifted, or actually being modified? I mean, when we started out, green masks were not required everywhere you go. Now they're required everywhere you go. Uh, where, where are we headed? <laughs> uh, look, uh, I'll answer that in a couple of different ways. Uh, personally, I think masks are a minor inconvenience. Uh, I do the grocery shopping in my family. I have for 30 years. Uh, I go to the grocery store a couple times a week. I wear my mask. I think 99% of the folks in the grocery store wear their masks. Uh, if I go, uh, my dad needed a new TV. He just got rid of his 1993 TV. <laughs> Sorry. Salem Township's having a recycling, and for 25 bucks, he can get rid of it. So I went to Best Buy, and I, uh, you know, wore a mask inside, uh, as did most people. So. I'm one of those that, uh, look, uh, you know, other than when my wife and I go to the restaurant, we'll wear a mask in, but once we're seated and, and ordered, we take our masks off for the rest of the duration. But I think masks, in my viewpoint, are a minor inconvenience, and I don't have a problem uh, in most cases, uh, especially if in an indoor setting, wearing one. But, um, I mean, uh, you know, we're at the high point in Pennsylvania, we were over 2,000 cases a day. Uh, now, uh, for almost four weeks, uh, we have been five or 600 or below. Uh, we, there's been a, a modest increase over the last um, week, all because of one county. It's, it's Allegheny County, um, and that's the only reason. But even at, uh, I mean, so for a month now, we've been averaging five to 600 cases or less. If you do the math uh, on that, and we've talked about this before, that is point zero 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 five. If you take those numbers and divide it by twelve and a half million people, it's point zero 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 five percent of the population. Which means, on any given day, ninety nine point nine 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 five percent of the population is is not being infected. Probably the most important number, uh, and I'm going to have to agree with UPMC on this, is the hospitalization uh, rate. Our hospitalization rate uh, is the lowest now uh, than it's been since March. Uh, so uh, even among the five or 600 cases of people that are getting infected, uh, they're not requiring uh, the hospitalization. Again, our hospitalization rate now is the lowest it's been since March. Um, so the, the governor, I guess to answer the other part of your question, I mean, Snyder County uh, has been in green. Uh, Montour County has been in green for over a month now. Uh, without any uptick in cases. And uh, those counties, those county commissioners, have no idea what comes next because the governor, uh, through his unilateral powers, hasn't told anybody what comes next. It's very frustrating. Are we looking, uh, well, actually, let me comment on your infinitesimally small uh, percentage of individuals that test positive at any given time. If you accumulate all of the people who have ever tested positive, it's still less than 1%. So crushing the curve was something we did successfully do here and and are still doing in a successful way. Even in Allegheny County, they're the hotbed of all the new cases. It's still an ultra-small percentage there. So uh, we're doing what we need to do. Are you 
confident that we'll be able to have in-class public schooling this fall, and more importantly, fall sports this fall? Are you keeping an eye That's on that? That's more important. <laughs> it's <a> facetious. <laughs> facetious, I, please. Yeah, I'm going to disagree with you on the what's more important or not. Okay. Uh, I think getting kids back to uh, the classroom and being educated uh, in a uh, full manner is, is very important. Uh, I have talked to my superintendents, and uh, they are you know, working on the uh, submissions that go into um, the Department of Education. You know, uh, as of July 1st, uh, any of the 500 school districts are able to submit plans for consideration at this point. A number of them have uh, come up with plans in regard to uh, sport practicing or conditioning. Um, I, I, the superintendents I've talked to are still working on it. Uh, there is... Um, hundreds of thousands of dollars that I think I've mentioned that's available to schools specifically to make um, uh, purchases in regard to PPE in order to make modifications in classrooms, uh, all of those sorts of things. So that is good. It's, it's one-time money, um, so it's not being built into a budget. Um, but we need to get the kids back. Um, I think the challenges for some of the superintendents is, and they've done, a number of them have done surveys, is you know parental uh, input uh, because some parents want everyone to wear a mask some parents don't want anyone to wear a mask if their kid is forced to wear a mask so uh, they're still working out those details what do you think will happen with fall sports uh, do you think they'll be you know they'll go by the board uh, you know it's it's challenging um, you know I I participate in a sport uh, Cross country, uh, you know, cross country is one of those that uh, I think you can make it work uh, without too much difficulty. Uh, I've gone past uh, a couple of baseball uh, games uh, here locally, and baseball is one of those that uh, is not that difficult to do uh, under uh, you know some reasonable relaxation of rules. Um, you know, uh, football is is another, uh, wrestling is another, so. Uh, basketball is another because of the just contact in those type of sports. So we'll have to see what happens. And that would be without fans. Is At least that is an idea that's being talked about in the college. And, of course, NASCAR's done it a couple of races now without fans. So maybe that would be the way that some of these fall sports would happen. Although some of the students without their parents in the stand, they kind of lose that that mojo well, what that, would be the, that the parents provide. My, my feeling is what would be the incentive because high school sports depend not on television revenues or radio revenues, but on people coming through the turnstile. If there's no money coming in, all they'd have would be the expense of conducting the event. That doesn't seem like something the school districts would be interested in doing. Do you think, John? Uh, I'm I'm going to leave that up to the local school district, <laughs> okay. the local school <laughs> board, and the local this. superintendent. Well, let me ask you this question. Um, you know, are you familiar with the state's uh, testing program that if you can go online and sign up for tests for COVID-19? Uh, no. It's through Quest Diagnostics, the, the thing being done at Walmart parking lots. My wife and I signed up last Monday to go in and get the test. It was kind of quite a complicated process to sign up online, but we got our assigned times, and we showed up, and we took the test, and they, they're hand, holding up signs telling us what to do and handing things through the car window with tongs. And uh, finally, a pharmacist walked us through how we had to do it, and they told us it would be two days till we got the results back. I didn't get mine back for six days, and my wife's 
still hasn't gotten hers back. And it lists the client as the state secretary or the State Department of Health. You know, if you're paying for this, are you getting the value? or is it, Who's running this program? You'll need to talk to Secretary Levine. <laughs> okay. uh, the General Assembly uh, has not had any input into that program. Really? And so, you're negative, which, Joe? I, I came back negative, but my wife still hasn't gotten her results yet. And, you know, and it, all it is is a snapshot of where you are. It seems like the longer it takes you to get the results, the less likely they are to be accurate. Uh, makes sense. Okay. <laughs> well, you can do voluntary testing at Geisinger now. We talked to them on the news line t- about that today. All right. Well, let's talk about some things that uh, you do. You, you certainly have tremendous knowledge of and influence on the state budget de- deficit. What's the current deficit, and what are some of the solutions being looked at? Well, we finished the 1920 fiscal year, and we were over $3 billion short of what was anticipated a year ago. Uh, we will see really in the next week or so, uh, as we talked about before, uh, the governor extended the, Mar- or the April 15th deadline to July 15th. Uh, the Independent Fiscal Office believes that uh, possibly up to $1.7 billion that did not come in during this past fiscal year is going to come in in July. People just uh, waiting, businesses waiting in order to submit it uh, by the deadline, much as some people would wait till April 13th, now they're going to wait till July 13th or 14th. So uh, I believe by the end of this month, uh, we'll truly get a better idea as to what the true shortfall was and where we are. And then we're we're waiting to see what uh, Congress does. Uh, you know, we certainly expect a fourth um, package from Congress. Uh, July seems to be the month that people are talking about. And the big question is whether there will be some uh, monies in it for state budgets without strings uh, that we can use in order to uh, fill in budget holes. How would you say the state's economy is doing? Uh, we had great, what, 4 million new jobs created last month, or I guess 4 million more people going back to work. Nationally. How's, yeah, nationally. How's Pennsylvania doing? What's the outlook for our economy? Uh, well, uh, the out or the yeah the coming months will be interesting, and again we'll we'll see in the next month or so. Uh, we've talked before, you know, in a number of instances, 49 states allowed one thing, and Pennsylvania didn't, uh, like real estate. Uh, 49 states allowed auto sales and, and rentals, and Pennsylvania didn't. So as a result of that, we had one of the highest unemployment rates of any state in the country. Uh, and as you know, Tom Wolf got an F from the Wall Street Journal. Uh, just one of four governors uh, that got that, and how they uh, dealt with this economically. So we'll see now that uh, you can buy cars, and now that you can purchase homes, and now that you can uh, do some other type of things that uh, we are the only state that can as to how we're rebounding. But again, I think it's going to take a month or two. Um, Really, I mean, uh, it's just on Friday that every county in the state is now under green. but knowing that Allegheny and Philadelphia still had some restrictions on it placed by their local governments. Uh, I used the word frustration uh, earlier when you were describing relations with the governor. I think also what have to be frustrating is, is that you have several pieces of pending legislation in Harrisburg that would make big differences and, and you know certainly help Pennsylvania progress. Let's talk about pending legislation. I'll let you set the agenda. We know there's dozens of things pending. Are there any bills in Harrisburg that you would you wish that they would get some attention and would advance that you'd like to talk about? 
Yeah, let me just, uh, you know, some people get frustrated. We, uh, we obviously talk so much about the governor doing things una- uh, unilateral. Um, just this past week, we were in session uh, last Monday and Tuesday. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. We passed uh, 13 bills in the Senate unanimously, um, working uh, Senate Democrats and Senate Republicans working together. And they're pretty significant. Uh, we uh, Community-Based Health Care Act, uh, tax abatement for blighted properties, um, requiring fire det- uh, detectors and child care centers, uh, something dealing with the Sheriff and Deputy Sheriff Education and Training Act, uh, modernizing the reinsurance program. Um, so, I mean, we did some substantial pieces of legislation. So at least, you know, the Senate Democrats and us uh, are working together on a couple of things. Probably the most significant uh, deals with some policing reforms. Uh, and we actually now have, uh, in the Senate, passed five bills dealing with policing reforms unanimously. Uh, and actually, I think all five of them are either House Democratic prime-sponsored bills or Senate Democratic prime-sponsored bills uh, that we put out there. Um, one requiring uh, law enforcement background investigations uh, so that uh, if someone does have misconducts in your history that uh, someone that's looking to hire that person will know of their background. Uh, one is uh, banning chokeholds uh, other than if uh, there is threat of deadly harm. Uh, one is annual training on de-escalation techniques. Uh, one is uh, requiring mental health evaluations of law enforcement officers uh, and uh, looking to make sure that they do uh, PDSD evaluations uh, if there's been a traumatic event. So, you know, there's some issues uh, that's very timely and topical that we've actually worked together on in, in, uh, in the Senate. All right. Well, yeah, and I, I, I think we watched a little about that pop up on the Associated Press as they monitored the goings on in Harrisburg. Also talking about elevating the office of fire commissioner. In what way would that occur, and how would that uh, impact maybe volunteers or fire companies around here? Yeah. So that one, uh, had, interestingly enough, was not a unanimous vote. Uh, that uh, I think it was thirty-four to sixteen, from what I have. Uh, but it makes a number of changes uh, in regard to the uh, state fire commissioner. Uh, there were certain things that uh, programs that went through Pima and DCED uh, for, like the fire grant program for uh, local fire companies. We think that should all go under the, the fire commission office. Uh, there's an advisory board that we beefed up a little bit, uh, requiring the fire commissioner to be uh, approved. Um, when they're nominated by the uh, Pennsylvania Senate and go through that process. Uh, some folks uh, did not like things being taken away from the governor, uh, but uh, we believe that it, things should be centralized under the fire commissioner office uh, because he, he is a firefighter. He uh, knows uh, the state fire company laws. Uh, oftentimes he's uh, always been, you know, ahead of a local fire company for years and years. Uh, so we think uh, the end product of that is good. Uh, please tell me you have a bill on your table that would ban fireworks altogether for good <laughs> everywhere. Period. No, it's not that bad. But all these, you know, every, uh, you know, everybody has all these fireworks now. It's it's a big tax revenue generator. No argument there. But boy, oh boy. Your so thoughts we, on we that? We took that issue up. Yeah, and I should mention uh, I'm actually doing another one of my. Uh, 
forget if this is the fifth or sixth one. I'm doing another Teletown Hall uh, tomorrow evening at 6. So folks uh, will be getting calls right around 6 o'clock. We've been averaging around 4,000 or more people that have uh, listened in. I'm not sure that I, I can do a poll, but uh, that was going to be one of my poll questions if I can do one in regard to fireworks. But the last day that we were in session on Tuesday, uh, Senator Pat Brown from Lehigh uh, County actually got a piece of legislation adopted uh, in the Senate anyways, and has to go to the House, that would allow uh, first, second, and third class cities of a certain population the ability to uh, regulate and control fireworks throughout the year uh, because it, it has become a very hot topic. Well, look at it this way. The number of missing fingers sooner or later will make it unnecessary to enact any legislation. <laughs> John, I'm sorry, John. Just a bad day. Let me, let me ask you this question. I'm still hearing some complaints about the unemployment compensation, filing for unemployment compensation, how difficult it is that they ask you questions that, you know, your circumstances may not fit exactly that, but it's so hard to get help. You know, do you see, are you, is there any chance coming out of this there will be some reform and to make it easier for people to file, or at least make it uh, their ability to get a hold of a human being who can help them a little easier? Well, it's interesting. Uh, the State Department of Labor and Industry about a week or so ago uh, put out something that I think they were trying to pat their backs on, that, hey, we have um, successfully uh, processed 92% of all unemployment comp claims. Well, if you were to have said that in April, I'd say, hey, that's great, congratulations, you're doing a great job. But uh, to the extent that there is still 8% of applications that have not been fully processed that probably have been pending since March is completely a disaster and unacceptable. Uh, to think that there is four months later uh, folks that have filed for claims that they believe are um, or acceptable ones that have not seen even a dollar yet um, is is not acceptable. And a number of them is the, the PUA program, which is a new program, I understand, uh, but we're two months into that program. So uh, the interesting thing, and I'm not sure if I should be saying this or not, but the, uh, the Senate Democratic Caucus actually uh, had the governor and the LNI secretary um, come before the caucus uh, last week, we had to take a pause uh, in our session schedule. So uh, it tells you that it's a bipartisan uh, frustration with the LNI program. Uh, and open mic, anything else you want to add? Anything else you want to tell us? Uh, no. Um, we'll just continue. Uh, the House is in two days this week, uh, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, we may come back in in the Senate. Uh, this isn't going to be a normal summer for us, so as, as things pop up or as we try to take further action, uh, we're going to, to do that. So stay tuned. Well, thank you so yeah, much. We'll we do that. We very much have appreciated all these updates. We'll look forward to more information and some potentially a successful passage and signage of some of these other important legislative items that uh, seem like they're on the back burner but are just as important. Keep up the good work, Senator. Thank you. And, yes, the Teletown Hall uh, again tomorrow evening around 6 o'clock.